scripture readings from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Lucas 12, 22 al 34. Luego dijo Jesús a sus discípulos, Por eso les digo, no se preocupen por su vida, qué comerán, ni por su cuerpo, con qué se vestirán. La vida tiene más valor que la comida, y el cuerpo más que la ropa. Fíjense en los cuervos, no siembran ni cosechan, um, cosechan ni tienen almacén ni granero. Sin embargo, Dios los alimenta. ¿Cuánto más valen ustedes que las aves? ¿Quién de ustedes... Por mucho que se preocupe, puede añadir una sola hora al curso de su vida, ya que no pueden hacer algo tan insignificante. ¿Por qué se preocupan por lo demás? Fíjense cómo crecen los lirios. No trabajan ni hilan. Sin embargo, les digo que ni siquiera Salomón, con todo su esplendor, se vestía como uno de ellos. Así, si así viste Dios a la hierba que hoy está en el campo y mañana es arrojada al horno, ¿Cuánto más hará por ustedes, gente de poca fe? Así que no se afanen por lo que han de comer o beber. Dejen de atormentarse. El mundo pagano anda tras todas estas cosas, pero el Padre sabe que ustedes las necesitan. Ustedes, por el contrario, busquen el reino de Dios y estas cosas les serán añadidas. No tengan miedo, mi rebaño pequeño, porque es la buena voluntad del Padre darles el reino. Vendan sus bienes y den a los pobres. Provéanse de bolsas que no se desgasten. Acumulen un tesoro inagotable en el cielo, donde no hay ladrón que aceche ni polilla que destruya. Pues donde tengan ustedes su tesoro, allí también, allí estará también su corazón. Thank you, Frank and Elmer. Let's say a word of prayer together as we look at this passage. God, we are grateful that we have the gift of your word. Uh, only you are a God who tells us what we really need to hear for our comfort, for our life. And many times tells us uh, what we don't want to hear for our comfort, for our life. So we pray that you would speak clearly, that you would use your servant, uh, that I would be able to communicate clearly and helpfully but that you would be uh, piercing our hearts in this time and bringing gospel reality to bear upon our lives 
especially with this topic that we're handling today. So we give ourselves to you. We open our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're looking at the topic of worry, this passage that Jesus speaks through, uh, looking at the same passage last week and this week in a two-part little mini-series. Worry. It's a word that Jesus uses in an ancient language that can be translated worry or anxiety or stress. It's a form of fear. We see this in verse 32 where Jesus says, don't be afraid. You can call it what you want. He's talking about the feeling that you get when you look to tomorrow and you say, oh no. Oh no, how will I ever get that done? Oh no, that's not going to work out, now is it? Oh no, I don't know what's about to happen. We all struggle with this in some way or another. Sometimes we struggle with it in different ways, each of us being different kinds of people. Dear friends, what are you worried about today? What's on your mind? What's on your heart? What's been lingering? Maybe even sort of subconsciously. Maybe you're good at pushing it out or soldiering through, and you barely even know that it's there. What are you worrying about today? What does it sound like in your heart? Does it sound like this? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my friends? Lose my health? Am I going to have enough time or energy or money? Are my kids going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Will I get what I think I need, or at least what I think I want? We live in an uncertain and very iffy world, don't we? And I think it's safe to say that the world that we live in actually makes worry more and more and even bigger and bigger struggle. Technology in many ways, for all of its many blessings, increases the things we have to worry about. Think about it. We have more ability today to forecast things than ever. There was a time in which when you wanted to know what the weather was going to be, what you did was you woke up and looked outside. Today, we have wonderful abilities to forecast, to create satellite models and ways to predict what the weather is going to be like. This is a simple thing, the weather, right? But what you see happening in our lives is more and more we are enabled to live in the future. Get ahead of ourselves. See what tomorrow, or at least what we think tomorrow is going to be like. We're already there worrying about things that haven't even happened yet. We have more choices in life than ever. The world we live in, we can move around and go places like we've never been able to go. We're able to do things that we've never been able to do. You have choices about jobs or places to live or what to eat. Go to the supermarket. You can get stressed out walking down aisle four. There was a time when aisle four was called the grocery store. Choices. And we're expect to make those choices and decisions faster than ever. We live in an incredibly fast-paced world. 
And we have more access to information than ever before. Stories about crime and violence or diseases that are encroaching upon a certain region or upon our lives. New things that are in our water. New kinds of sunblock that you need to be putting on yourselves or your kids. A lot of information which sometimes means we have more exposure than ever to reasons to live in fear than ever before. I don't know if you know, but some studies say that there are 12 times more people suffering from anxiety and panic disorders than there were in 1980. 12 times more people today than there were 30 years ago. And some of you today may be feeling that very personally. The world we live in encourages this, invites it, and makes it all too easy But what Jesus is saying is, that's true, all those things we just said. But the real issue, and therefore the real solution, is something that we find not out here and not in our gadgets and our technology and our weather forecasts and in our grocery stores and the choices that we have to make. The real place to look is in here. Jesus points us into our hearts. He's speaking to his disciples and he says, you heard these words, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, about your body, what you'll wear. Why, verse 23, for or because, and then the rest of the passage he gives us reason after reason after reason for why we do not need to live in slavery to worry and stress and anxiety. In other words, Jesus doesn't simply say, don't worry, be happy, as if it's that easy, that simple. Instead, he says, well, for starters, four things we looked at last week. He says, don't worry, be a bird watcher. Remember that if you were there last week. He says, just look at some wild birds. It might be ravens or crows. It might even be a city pigeon that you can look at and ponder. You've never seen a pigeon that needs to meet its needs by going to the grocery store. And you've never seen a a, a starving pigeon that hasn't been cared for by God. And here's Jesus's point. God takes care of them. Don't you know how much more valuable you are than city pigeons? Worried today? Go outside and do some pigeon watching and see in them, by comparison, the deep, committed love and provision of your heavenly father for you today. Secondly, we saw Jesus saying, don't worry, be reasonable. Worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you busy, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Real practical advice here. That worry doesn't actually do anything. It makes you feel like you're doing something productive, but you're actually not. It doesn't actually change your circumstances. It only drains you of life and energy and of faith. Number three, don't worry, be human. 
We saw Jesus telling us that worry tries to control the uncontrollable. We are more human and more powerless than we're comfortable with, aren't we? Do what you can with the things that you can control and then give over to God the things that you can't control. And trust and pray and let God be God and you be a good human being. And number four, don't worry, be a child. You have a heavenly father. A father who loves you. A father whose eye is on you. A father who knows what you need. You know that thing that came to mind a few minutes ago when we were talking about what are you worrying about today? God knows what that is. He's known it even far before you've ever known it. And he cares. And he's already at work addressing that very need. He's your father. If you've embraced Jesus and through Jesus, he's rescued you from your sin. He's reconciled you to himself. He's already taken care of your greatest need. So why do you think he's going to start flaking out on your every other kind of need? Be a child. Okay. Now four more here today. Number one, really number five. Don't worry. Be focused on today. Be focused on today. In the parallel passage of this same teaching of Jesus's, which we find in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says a, a, a catchphrase and a summary phrase that really wraps up a lot of what he's saying here in Luke 12. Listen to this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I don't know if you're familiar with these things that they call prepaid phones. Many of you may have mobile phones, cell phones, smartphones of your own. Most people tend to pay with these monthly contracts you pay after you've used a certain number of minutes. There are prepaid phones out there where you don't get the bill at the end of the month based upon how many minutes you use or how many too many minutes you use, right? Overpaying, overusing. But prepaid phones are where you instead pay in advance. So, for example, you pay $30 today for the cost of the use of your phone tomorrow. You're paying in advance for the ways in which you're going to use the phone and make calls in the future. Worry is kind of like picking up a prepaid phone. Worry is an attempt to prepay the problems that you're going to face tomorrow. It's getting ahead of yourself and anticipating all the things that you think are, well, usually when you're worrying, you're sure that they are going to happen tomorrow. And you're looking for solutions and you're looking for help from God today when the thing hasn't even happened yet. That's the nature of worry. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray, give us today our daily bread 
But the prayer of worry says, give me today my weekly bread, my monthly bread, tomorrow's bread. Make sure I have it now here today because I'm not sure it's going to be there. Corey Ten Boom, who we quoted from last week, uh, a Dutch young lady who turned into an author, lived a, an incredible life as a person that sheltered and hid different uh, Jewish persons in her local community during the Nazi Holocaust. And so therefore knew a lot about stress and worry and consequences and in a broken world. She says this about worrying. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. And therefore, no wonder it feels like such a heavy burden. And so suppose you go to a doctor and you, you're going to the doctor because you see something that's not right in your life. Maybe it's some kind of a lump or maybe it's something that's just wigging out in your health. You don't know what it is, and after some initial test, the doctor himself, herself, also doesn't know exactly what it is, and the anxiety starts to set in. And so they run some tests as they do, and as many tests go, it takes some time to get the results. And there you are, waiting and worrying. What worry is in that situation is over-anticipating what you're going to need based upon whatever results are going to come in that test. If the news is really, really bad, what am I going to do? What then? If the news is more than I can handle, more than my friends can handle, more than my family can handle, am I going to be okay? Are they going to be okay? Is God going to come and help us in our time of need? What Jesus is saying is, Live in today, because God gives you grace for today. Tomorrow has enough troubles on its own, and today has enough troubles of its own. Don't get ahead of yourself. God will be present in your life when you get to that day, but one day at a time, dear child. And trust that God will supply For each day. Don't worry. Be focused on today. Secondly, don't worry. Ask why. You know what's interesting about worry is that when we're in the midst of a a season or a time of anxiousness and I were to ask you, well, why are you worrying? You'll probably just point back to that circumstance. Well, I'm running out of money or I don't have a place to live or I'm not sure I'm going to be able to hold on to my job or I'm feeling really lonely. I'm not sure if anyone's going to show up in my life. You'll point to that thing as if it's obvious that those would be things to worry about. I'm not minimizing and Jesus is not minimizing the things that are nagging at your heart today. But he is inviting us to ask and ask why. Why is it that we are worrying? And when you worry, he says, you need to ask yourself, tell me, what's the most valuable thing in your life today? What's the most important thing to me? 
See, in verse 33, Jesus said, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, we worry about what we most treasure. When we're banking our lives on something or someone and that thing starts to get shaken up, life starts to feel like it's falling apart. We worry most about what's most important to us. And so if our health and physical well-being is the most important thing in your life, then you're always going to be worried about getting sick. If the most important thing to you is financial security, then you are always going to be worried about the next downturn in the economy. If the biggest, most important thing to you is feeling secure because of relationships that you have in your life, you're always going to be worried about people abandoning you. What's the most important, most valuable thing in your life? This is what Jesus means when he says, what is your treasure? And it's really interesting in verse 30, Jesus uses this interesting word in the Greek language to describe how we chase after things when we feel like we're lacking, when we're stressed and we're worried. He says the pagan world and all of us, when we're in a certain mindset of worry, we run after all such things. The word literally means we overseek. We don't just seek after things. We overseek. We super search. We, we get obsessed. We start chasing after things like we really need it or my life is going to fall apart. Or I'm going to stop being me. You see, Jesus is saying sometimes we worry because we love something just a little bit too much. Or we worry because we need something just a little bit too badly. Because when our whole life is built on something other than God, there is good reason to be worried. Because we live in a fragile world where a lot of things fall apart. And if that thing, whether if it's security or if it's relationships or if it's something tomorrow that's here today and gone tomorrow is what your whole life, what your whole identity is based upon, you do live on shaky ground. That's a fact. So for starters, Jesus invites us to ask questions like, why? That thing you're worrying about, why do you want that thing? Why do you want it so badly? Why are you, in fact, so afraid that you might lose it? Are you looking to that thing to give you what only God is supposed to give you or be for you? Dear friends, why are you worrying? Because worry happens when we are treasuring something that's iffy and uncertain. Related to that, number three, don't worry, be preoccupied with God. You heard Jesus say in verse 29, don't set your heart on what you'll eat, what you'll drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom... And these things will be given to you 
as well. And what does that mean? Seek God's kingdom. It actually means a lot of things. It's a very rich phrase that we can unpack for a long time based upon how the New Testament uses it. But in this context, most of all, the command, the invitation that Jesus gives us here is simply this. Treasure God above all else. Don't worry. Treasure God as the most important, most valuable, most indestructible thing in your life. To learn to be able to say, based upon what you experience of God in life and in His promises, what you experience of God and the cross of Jesus for you, to be able to learn to say, I do need a lot of things. That's true. And I worry about the things that I need, but what I most need is God. It is true that I want a lot of things, and there are a lot of good things to want. But what I most want is God. And I love a lot of things, lots of passions in my heart, lots of things that I'm committed to, lots of things I want to give my life to people and causes and good work and a significant life. Lots of things that I love. But what I most love is God. Remember verse 33, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Jesus is saying, look, If you seek the kingdom, if you treasure God because he has treasured you and loved you, if God is your life-defining treasure, then you will never lose what's most important to you, your ultimate treasure. Life is so secure. Tomorrow becomes so secure because everything that I'm banking my life on will never fail me. Your body might wear down and wear out. But Jesus says, don't worry. The love of God for you will never wear out. And because of Jesus' resurrection, your life is going to last forever. Your best friends might fail you. Your spouse might fail you, but don't worry. You have a loyal God who will never fail you. Do you treasure him who will never break his promises to you? Someone might steal all your stuff tonight. It might happen. We ain't kidding. But don't worry. No one can rob you of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. No one can rob you of all the riches of grace stored up for you in heaven. No one can rob you of the joy of your salvation. You see, if you treasure God, everything else gets demoted to gravy status. It's a good thing to have. It might even be a precious thing to have, but it's gravy in life. 
And it doesn't mean that those things are important. It doesn't mean that it's not a scary thing to lose your job or to lose a loved one or to lose a home or to not know what's coming around the corner, to lose your health. It doesn't mean that it's not a concerning thing to lose those things. But when you make God your treasure, you can lose those things and still say, I am still rich. Because of Jesus, I still have everything that I ultimately need and I'll never go without because you can rob me of all the things in this life, but I will still always be rich in Christ. Don't worry. God is your treasure, Jesus tells us, and you'll never lose your treasure. Number four, and lastly, not only don't worry, be focused on today, don't worry, ask why you're worrying. Don't worry, be preoccupied with God, but don't worry, be generous. It's an interesting thing, you notice it in verse 33? Right in the middle of this passage where we're talking about being concerned about the loss of possessions or the loss of stuff or gaps in life or coming up short. The last thing you might expect to hear is what Jesus says, which is sell your possessions, give to the poor. Hold on, hold on, Jesus. I thought I was the one that was in need here. I'm worrying about what I don't have in relationships and energy and time and money and possession and stuff in the future. And now you're telling me to give more of what I'm feeling like I don't have? The answer is yes. Because like what we just said a moment ago, if you treasure God and you treasure the gospel of grace, don't you know you're rich? You've got a lot to give, even if you feel like you have but only a little to give. Give to others. Serve the poor. Care for those around you. Instead of being obsessed with your own needs, which is what worry does, doesn't it just make you crazy in your head? Recycling again and again and again fearful thoughts. Instead of being obsessed with your needs, care about other people's needs. Give your stuff. Give your time. Give your heart. Because if God will care for all of my needs, then I don't need to worry. And if my cup of needs is always full, then I can pour myself into other people's needs, can't I? Whether or not we are willing to give to other people and serve, even out of our own poverty is always a clear sign that we're starting to get free of worry. That you have faith to trust that God is going to supply for you. And so you're able to give to others who also have needs. It's also a way to get free from worry. Do you understand, just to get practical, one of the best ways that you can work through the anxiousness of your own heart is to give to other people. To start exercising the generosity muscle of your soul. To think not just about yourselves, but to think of the needs of other people. To see with your own eyes the way God provides for them. 
And you say, oh my goodness, wow, I helped that other person find a new apartment even when I was lacking an apartment myself. But by seeing God show up in their life, I now have new confidence that maybe he's going to show up in my life too. And he's used me, maybe he's going to use someone else for my own needs. The way in which we give and get free from worry. Don't worry It's unexpected, but be generous in that season of worry. Don't tell yourself, I'm going to wait until my life is more stable or secure or leveled out or where I feel like I have surplus in life, whether time or energy or possessions. Give now. God will supply your needs through your own generosity. It's a mysterious way that he works. Give it a shot and see God show up. Don't worry, Jesus says. There's a lot of good reasons he gives. Your worries are real. Your concerns and your reasons for stress are real. Jesus is not dismissing them. He's simply saying his grace is more real. It's not that you have bad reasons to worry. You have good reasons. He's giving you better reasons not to worry. Will you take a hold of them? Will you try one out? Will you live a life that's free? Or more free today from worry? Let's pray. Jesus, we're asking that you would help us to live by faith. We're asking that you would help us to believe these things that you've told us. We ask that you would help us to overcome worry with faith in you, our generous Savior. So we're looking to you to make these words powerful and fruitful in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. And speaking of the grace of God and the provision of God, let's sing a well-known hymn, Amazing Grace, God's Kindness to You.